Welcome to A.T. Stewart and Sons Ministries. I'm your host, A.T. Stewart. I'm glad you've chosen to join us today as we look into the Word of God. So take your Bibles and let's hang out in God's Word for a few moments and see what God would say to us today. There's probably no love that quite expresses the heart of God like a mother's love. As we celebrate mothers this morning, we're going to look at the kind of mother that finds favor with God. One mother said, the joy of motherhood is what a woman experiences when all of her children are finally in bed. A mother talking to an old college friend said, Remember before I got married, I had three theories about raising children. But now I have three children and no theories. Another woman who had three children was asked, If you had it to do all over again, would you have children? Yes, she replied, but not the same ones. One mother wrote this poem. Some may climb Mount Everest in search of thrills galore, but I scale peaks that rival it just past the laundry door. Slopes of socks and underwear, sheer cliffs of shirts and pants. Oh yes, I live in mortal fear of a laundry avalanche. Now, putting all jokes aside, it is without question that mothers are a special gift from God. Some of the most famous American leaders have recognized the value of their mothers. For instance, George Washington said, My mother was the most beautiful woman I ever saw. He might have been a great leader, but not too good a husband if he didn't know better than to say that. But he went on to say, All I am and all I owe to my mother. I attribute all my success in life to the moral, intellectual, and physical education I received from her. William McKinley said of his mother, By the blessings of heaven, I mean to live and die, please God, in the faith of my mother. Likewise, former President Reagan said, From my mother I learned the value of prayer, how to have dreams and believe I could make them come true. Our current president, George W. Bush, had the following to say about motherhood. Mothers are central to the success of the American family. Their love Dedication and wisdom touch countless lives every day in every community throughout our land. And their love and guidance of children help to develop healthy and spiritually sound families. President John Quincy Adams once said, All that I am, my mother made me. President Abraham Lincoln believed, All that I am or hope to be, I owe to my angel mother. I remember my mother's prayers, and they have always followed me. They have clung to me all through my life. 
Now these statements are true for millions of Americans. You and I who have credited our mothers with helping shape us into the people that we are today. Now today we're going to look at the mother of another famous person. In fact, the most famous person who ever lived. The mother of our Lord Jesus, Mary. We're going to look in Luke chapter 1. Take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 1 in verses 26 through 38. And we're going to see the kind of mother that God chose for His unique Son. Of all the women in the world, or at least all the women in the nation of Israel, God could have chosen, but He chose Mary. Why? Luke 1, beginning in verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, of the descendants of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth, has also conceived a son in her old age. And she who was called barren is now in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now the angel told Mary in verse 28, that she was a favored one, that she had found favor with God. Now, what was it about Mary that caused her to find favor in God's sight? I see three things in our passage today that caused Mary to find favor in the sight of God. These same three characteristics will enable you, mother, to be a mother who finds favor in the sight of God. The first one is, she had a personal relationship with God. The mother who finds favor with God is one who has a personal relationship with Him. The angel came to Mary and said, The Lord is with you. That meant that she had a personal relationship with God. Unlike the Pharisees of her day who knew all about God, but did not know Him personally, 
Mary, who surely did not have the insight or knowledge of the Pharisees, had something better. She had a personal relationship with God. God came to the nation of Israel at Mount Sinai when He led them out of Egypt and said to them, I will be your God and you shall be my people. This was unique. God had not come to any other nation and made this promise. Israel alone could claim that Jehovah God was their special God and they could be His people through faith in Him. This special relationship was all open to all who would come to God in faith. Mary believed God And He was her God, and she was His special treasure. Thus Gabriel said to her, the Lord is with you. Now this is first because it is foremost. It is the most important. If you're going to find favor with God, mothers, you must have a personal relationship with Him. You may be thinking, are you saying, preacher, that if I do everything a mother should do for her children, if I love my children as much as is humanly possible for a mother to do, that still, apart from a relationship with God, I cannot find favor in His sight? Yes. You say, but why? If I'm a great mother, why can I not find favor in the sight of God? Because God says, your best deeds are nothing but filthy rags in His sight. Isaiah 64, 6. For all of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a filthy garment. And all of us wither like a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind take us away. We cannot stand before God clothed in our good deeds, no matter how good they might be, because compared to a holy God, they're nothing but filthy garments, filthy clothes, filthy rags. The only way we can stand before a holy God is to be clothed in His righteousness, to be clothed in the righteousness of God. And the only way to be clothed in the righteousness of God is how? Through faith in Him. Faith that, number one, we believe He is the Creator of all things. That He created us. And as the Creator, we owe Him our absolute obedience. He has a right to demand our obedience. He created us. And yet, we have not obeyed Him. We have all fallen short and lived in disobedience and rebellion to Him. And as a result of the rebellion that's in our hearts and the disobedience that is in our acts, We stand under His holy judgment. His holy anger is poured out on our sins. But because of His love, He sent His only begotten Son, Jesus, to earth. Jesus did what we could not do. He lived that perfect life. He lived in total perfect obedience to the Creator God. And then He was willing to go and take our place on that cross and be punished in our stead. He took our place 
and receive the full wrath of God over our sins. He earned God's righteousness for us. He defeated death by coming alive on the third day, and He's alive today. And He offers this gift of righteousness to all of us who will come to Him in faith and surrender. As you accept Him as your Savior, believing He did save you and did everything necessary, and surrender your will to His will as Lord, then you can enter into that personal relationship with Him. And then you are clothed in His righteousness. We don't deserve it. We cannot earn it. But as Paul says in Romans chapter 4, But to the one who does not work, but believes in Him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited as righteousness. You and I, who know we cannot work for our salvation, and we don't even try to work for it, but simply look to God who justifies us, the ungodly, and believe that He has died for us. He has cleansed us with His precious blood. And then He gives us His righteousness. Paul says again in Romans 4, verse 21, Therefore, It was also credited to him as righteousness. Not for his sake only was it written that it was credited to him, but for our sake also, to whom it will be credited as those who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He who was delivered over because of our transgressions and raised because of our justification. Mothers, If you're going to be the kind of mother who finds favor with God, you must have a personal relationship with Him through Jesus Christ. You must have the righteousness of God that only comes in Jesus Christ. That is first, that is foremost. Mary had a personal relationship with God through faith. Next. The mother who finds favor with God has the right perspective on life. Mary had the right perspective on life. Now think about the situation she was getting into. Mary lived in a time where the standard of morality was very high, unlike our day. An unwed mother in her day would be subject to be stoned. And at best, She would be an outcast in her community and ostracized for the rest of her life. Socially, her life would be ruined. She would be branded branded as an adulterer for the rest of her life. Yet, despite this, she had the perspective that enabled her to see beyond the public ridicule And shame. She had the perspective that enabled her to say yes to God's will for her life. There are three things that Mary understood. Three aspects to her perspective on life that mothers you need. First, she had the perspective that she was a servant of God. 
Look in verse 38. Mary said, Behold the bondslave of the Lord. She calls herself a bondslave of God. This term bondslave is the lowest slave on the run. You know, they had different levels of slavery, and this was the lowest. The bond slave had no will of her own. She had no goals of her own. She had no desires of her own. Her only will and goal and desires were those of her master. And here Mary says, I am a bond slave of God. Long before Paul ever thought of calling himself a bond slave of God, long before Peter ever thought of calling himself a bond slave of God, here Mary, the mother of Jesus, calls herself a bond slave of God. Mary is saying, God, I am yours. Whatever you want for my life, I'm your servant. The picture I get here is clay in the hands of the potter. As that potter takes that rough clump of clay and begins to mold it and shape it, how he wants it shaped or how the clay wants to be shaped. Exactly as he wants to shape it. The clay doesn't talk back and say, why are you making me like this? Why are you shaping me this way? The potter has the right to shape the clay any way he so desires. This is the picture I get of Mary saying, Lord, I'm just clay in your hands. You shape, you mold my life any way you desire. My desire is to live for your glory. And whatever that means for my life, whatever shape that means my life must take, that's okay. Because I want to live for your glory. Glory. My only will is to do your will. She says, may it be done unto me according to your word. Mothers, do you have that perspective? Do you see yourself as God's servant? That means you accept whatever comes into your life as coming through the hands of a loving God. Now, you may not understand it. You may have even brought it into your life by your bad choices. But you recognize the sovereign control of God in your life. And you trust Him to work His will through your situation. Are you willing to submit to God's will for you and for your children? You know, you as a mother have a will for your children. You have aspirations. You have goals. You have things you'd like to see for your children. Are you willing to submit those to God's will for your children? Are you willing to say, God, they're yours. I surrender them to you. Whatever your will is for their lives, I will submit to that. The mother who finds favor with God realizes she is a servant. Of God. The second perspective. Mary had a perspective that motherhood is an honor and a blessing. Look in her jubilation of praises in verses 46 through 49, where she just breaks out in spontaneous praise. 
She's, and Mary said, my soul exalts the Lord. And my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. For he has had regard for the humble state of his bond slave. For he, behold, from his, this time on, all generations will count me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Mary says, everybody's going to count me blessed. He's done great things for me. He's making me a mother. She saw motherhood as an honor and a blessing. That is a word that needs to be heard in our day. In our day when some mothers consider childhood, a motherhood, an inconvenience to their careers, they need to hear that God says it is an honor and a blessing. There is no higher career than motherhood. There's nothing more important than giving life and the molding and shaping of a human life. What can be more important than that? You can build the greatest edifice on planet Earth, but is that anything compared to the shaping and molding and building of a human life? There is no more important calling than that of shaping and molding the character and personality of someone. There's no greater career than motherhood. I believe there's no greater honor that can be bestowed than motherhood. Mothers, do you see motherhood as an honor and as a blessing? Sure, it has its trying moments. Sure, there are days that you just want to throw in the towel. And the towel, too. Sure, there are days you want to pull your hair out. Better still pull their hair out. But after you've gotten them all in the bed and after you're rested, deep down in your heart, do you think, man, I wouldn't trade motherhood for anything? There's a blessing and a joy there that I don't find any place else. Do you see motherhood as a joy and a blessing? The next perspective is Mary believed that nothing was impossible with God. Look in verse 37 and 38. The angel says, for nothing will be impossible with God. Mary says, well, how can this be? I'm a virgin. And the angel says, nothing is impossible with God. And how does she respond? She says, behold, the bond slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. I believe nothing is impossible with God. Do to me as you have spoken. Now, it took great faith for Mary to believe she could have a baby while still remaining a virgin. Nothing like this had ever happened in history. I mean, there was absolutely nothing rational that she could fall back on to believe this. I mean, that a virgin would have a child defied human logic. It even defied female logic. There's no way that a virgin... That was a joke. There's no way that a virgin could have a child. It is different. Female logic is different. Men, you've been married long enough, you know that. But it defied even female logic. But she believed that God could do the impossible. Her God was greater than her thoughts. 
greater than anything she'd experienced or heard about. Mother, is your God greater than your thoughts or your experiences? Do you believe God can do the impossible? Do you believe He can work in ways beyond your understanding or your experience? Do you believe He can work on that disobedient husband? Do you believe He can work on that wayward child to bring him or her back? Do you believe God can do things that look impossible? Do you believe He can do great and mighty things beyond what you can ask or even expect? Can you say with Paul now to him who is able to do far abundantly beyond all we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever? The mother that finds favor with God is a mother first who has a relationship with Him through faith. Secondly, she has the right perspective on life. She knows she's a servant of God. She knows motherhood is an honor and a blessing. And she believes God can do the impossible. Now, the third thing, the last thing, the mother who finds favor with God is one whose life is built on the solid foundation of God's Word. Mary's life was built on the solid foundation of God's Word. You say, well, preacher, how do you know that? Well, look at her song of praise in verses 46 through 56. Now, in this spontaneous praise of ten verses, there are no less than 30 phrases or words that echo truths from the Old Testament. First, it reminds us of the song that Hannah sang when she found out she was pregnant with Samuel over in 1 Samuel chapter 2. Very similar. No question, Mary knew this song. Also, there are portions of Psalm 35, Psalm 103, and Psalm 107 in this song. Now remember, in this day, girls were not allowed to go to school. Now, the Hebrew boys had to memorize the whole Old Testament, but the girls didn't get to go to school. But here you have Mary so saturated with the truth of God's Word that when she offers spontaneous praise, she's quoting Scripture in many parts of it. Let's look at it. And Mary said, My soul exalts the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. That's reminiscent of Psalm 35, 9. For he has regard for the humble estate, humble state of his bond slave. For behold, from this time on, all generations will count me blessed. Reminds us of Psalm 138. For the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercies upon generation after generation toward those who fear him. Psalm 103, 17. He's done mighty deeds with His arm. He scattered those who were proud in their thoughts of their hearts. Psalm 98. He has brought down rulers from their thrones and has exalted those who were humbled. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent away the rich empty-handed. Psalm 107. He's given help to Israel, His servant, in remembrance of His mercy. As He spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his descendants for 
ever. Her life was saturated with the Word of God. And when it came time to offer a spontaneous praise to God, the Scriptures came through her praise. A mother's life who is built upon the solid foundation of God's Word will make a difference in her child's life. When your heart and mind are saturated with the Word of God, you will have a tremendous impact on your children. You're planting seeds that will one day bear fruit. As Psalm 78 says, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. We will not conceal them from their children, but tell to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wondrous works He has done. For He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which He commanded our fathers that they should teach them to their children, that the generation to come might know even the children yet to be born, that they may arise and tell them to their children that they should put their confidence in God and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments. Mothers, when you share the Word of God with your children, you're planting seeds. You may not see immediate result, but it will bear fruit. We see this in the example in the life of Timothy. Paul, writing to young Timothy, says, For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I'm sure that it is in you as well. Timothy learned from the hands of his mother and grandmother about the Christian faith. His dad was not a believer. We read also in 2 Timothy, Paul says, And from childhood you've known the sacred writings, which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Now, from whom did he learn the Scriptures? It was from his mother and his grandmother. They taught him the Scriptures. Mothers, is your life saturated with the Word of God? Is the Word of God the solid foundation of your life? Are you bringing the Word of God to your children? Are you bringing the truths of His Word to bear on your child's everyday life? As they come to you with their problems and concerns, can you take them to the Word and share with them the truth of God and bring it to bear? in that situation that they're facing, in that problem that they're dealing with? If you will do this, you will be a mother who finds favor in the sight of God. We've seen that the kind of mother that finds favor in the sight of God is one who first has a personal relationship with Him through Christ. Secondly, she has the right perspective on life. She knows she's a servant of God. She knows that motherhood is an honor and a blessing. And she knows nothing is impossible with God. And then thirdly, her life is built on the solid foundation of the Word of God. Ladies, you need to spend time in God's Word. You need to impart that Word to your children so that they might be enriched. Many of you are the kind of mother that finds favor with God. And I thank God for that. If you have found any of these areas missing in your life, would you just come before God in these next few moments of silence and just confess that? 
and ask God to enable you by His grace to be this kind of mother? You can. Because He will work in you to accomplish it. It's not you. It's Him. Will you look to Him? Let's pray. Father, we do thank You that motherhood is a part of Your plan in creation. And that we all have mothers. And I pray You would enable the mothers here today and the future mothers to be the kind of mother that finds favor in Your sight. In Jesus' name, Amen.